electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm Scott Wapner, and you're listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast, the most profitable hour of the trading day. We record this live weekdays at 12 Eastern. Listen in. All right, Carl, thanks very much. Welcome to the Halftime Report. I'm Scott Wapner. Front and center this hour, the Microsoft fallout. Cloud stocks are sinking on that company's weaker guidance, and just as the tech trade was showing new life. So is it in trouble again? We discuss and debate that with the investment committee. Got a full deck today. Joining me for the hour, Joe Terranova, Jenny Harrington, Bill Baruch, and Steve Weiss. Also with us, BMO's Brian Belsky, everybody at the table. Let's go to the wall and take you to the market, see what we're doing. Carl just mentioned we're off the lows, and uh, decidedly so. I don't know, maybe, maybe Microsoft's going to go positive during this hour. We're going to have to see because that stock's rallying back. The Nasdaq's off its worst levels. Dow's still down 200. So we, we get it. We get what the reaction is, Joe. You're in Microsoft. Um, you've had some time now to digest what they delivered yesterday. Slowest growth since 2016. Maybe it's not a shocker. It's not like it you know, came out of the blue. And it's not like it was horrible either. And maybe the stock just might go positive. Are you trying to get me to tell you what I'm going to do on next Tuesday with the Joe T ETF? You're not going to get that answer. Okay. You'll find out that answer on Wednesday. But what I said yesterday in overtime and what I believe even more right now is you have this conflict, this conflict that's residing between negative momentum, a broken tech, technical picture for not only Microsoft, but all of the mega cap equities up against resilient earnings. Now, I commented on overtime yesterday with you about Q4, and the cloud number looked good for Q4. We didn't get the guidance. We understand now hearing from Amy Hood that the guidance is certainly going to deteriorate significantly. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice as an investor. That's the process. You have a choice as an investor to pick one side, either the technical formation, the fundamental formation. What I'll tell you is for the stock summit, I made this my pick. And the reason I did that is because I believe at the end of the year. And I questioned you on that. At the end of the year, I believe that Microsoft, the fundamentals, will be able to overcome the technical picture. The road, the journey to December, it's going to be bumpy. That's obvious. I don't know. Jenny, it feels like the fundamentals are as much the issue as Joe suggests the technicals are. I agree. And so I look at this with a really, really simple, straightforward perspective, which is we've been talking about all of these companies maturing. What do you get when you mature? You get slower earnings growth. They've got about 7% earnings growth, trading at 24 times earnings. What would I pay as a portfolio manager for a 7% earnings growth? I don't know, a market multiple, but I'm not paying that big a premium. And I think that's ultimately what keeps a lid on Microsoft. Like, no offense, but I don't think you're going to have a home run on did this I, Did I? Did I say I'm going to have a home run? Did I say the stock's going to rally? Well, I, okay. I said none of that. What I said was... Well, why'd you pick it in a stock summit to end, do nothing? What I said was by the end of the year... The fundamentals, which are resilient and good for this company, will be restored. And I think that that will be what wins out. But then do you think that the earnings growth is going to exceed 7%? Because what earnings growth do you need to justify 24 times? I think that you're seeing a deceleration in cloud. And I think ultimately in the coming quarters, you'll see a reacceleration in cloud once again. Okay. Bill Baruch, you own the stock too. You trimmed it a little bit. 
uh, last week. So how are you feeling about it? Whose side are you on? I think you've got to own it in portfolios. Um, you know, there's a repricing going on. There's a little deceleration in the earnings. But secular trends continue, and the cloud is a secular trend. You have 100 million workers in the U.S. that are going to be working remote, and they're going to be on the cloud. Well, I think so that's what? The- that doesn't mean you need to pay a premium to be on the cloud. I mean, well, why do you have to pay what, what Jenny you know, was talking about with the, the multiple, 26, well, you're, you're 27 not get, times? You're not going to get a 14. I mean, that's where it was in the great financial crisis. It's not going there. I'm not saying you need to push it to 26, but... I mean, I think it owns some portfolios here as, as a ballast. I, I think it's, you know, there's this sort of bottom feeding out right now. Um, I, I don't think it's going to get a lot cheaper than this. And I think the market in general is not going to get a lot cheaper than this. Weiss, you do think it's going to get cheaper than this. I do. And I, I don't know why you have to own anything. I don't know I why agree. you have to own Microsoft. Why? Because it's Microsoft. Why are you it's looking at me? Why don't you ask Bill? He said, you <laughs> well, because he's, he's, it's the first time I'm on set with him, so I'm going easy. But <laughs> believe me, I'll be turning my head there in about five minutes. Um, look, it's slowing. As Jenny points out, it is slowing. To Joe's point, I don't care where the fundamentals are if they're improving by the end of the year. What's the stock going to do in the interim? You say it's going to be volatile. I bet I could pick it up at closer to 200. But I mean, when Satya Nadella himself says point. that it's going to be two years of pain for tech, what, what makes you think that all of a sudden things are going to correct by the end of the year fundamentally for the company? Isn't growth just going to continue to incrementally slow? in the cloud until there's a change in the, a meaningful change in the economic environment that we're in? What do you think, next quarter, they're all of a sudden going to revert back to the kind of growth they had in prior quarters? Nope, never said next quarter. I said by the end of the year, in the coming quarters, could I be wrong? Absolutely. I could be wrong that there could be more of an extended time for that recovery to unfold. I want, to, I want everyone to understand something. Look, the stock summit is great. It's awesome. I love participating in it. It's a privilege to do it. Okay, I have an ETF that's publicly traded. It owns Microsoft. There's a possibility that next Wednesday I come on the show and say the rules have suggested that we take Microsoft and move it to the sidelines for now. That's that's where my money is invested. Ninety five percent of my money is in that strategy. So the road could be rocky. I could stay in the stock. I have. Well, that decision will be made. Okay. okay? But the road I'm acknowledging is going to be rocky. And that rocky road could extend for a longer look, period look, of time. Look at it this way, we, we all know that these companies can continue their growth pattern just right. by math, right? You can't keep growing 35%, you know, year after year based upon their size. However, what's very tough for investors to give up and takes a while is that they're not necessarily growth companies anymore. They're so levered to the economy, as we're seeing with Microsoft, with workers, with labor force, et cetera, that they're squarely there. So that can, that can you know, hit these growth stocks quicker than what normal owners are used to. And that's my, that's so my story. So, Belsky, you own it. And you suggested, I don't know, the other day that we're in the early stages of a new bull market. Did Microsoft confirm that for you? Well, Microsoft's just one stock. Thanks for having us, by the way. And we well, I mean, own. It's not just one stock. It's one of the biggest stocks. So, with one of the biggest businesses that is levered, as Weiss says, to the economy. The number's five, right? So it's five percent of the S and P. We only are neutral Microsoft in one portfolio. The rest of the portfolios were underweight because of what happened with tech last year in terms right. of long duration assets. That's number one. Number two, to Jenny's point, amazing point. And what are you going to pay for that, right? What are you going to pay for that? I believe that in low turnover portfolios, which we run for longer term clients, that you want to own earning stability. 
I was amazed when we ran the standard deviation of earnings growth on my team last week and looked at technology. And technology, standard deviation of earnings growth spiked a little bit last year, but mm -hmm. now it's starting to tighten again. And so we've made the case that, like Bill, uh, we'd look at Microsoft. We'd look at Microsoft and Apple are the consumer staples of technology. We want to own those because of the stable earnings. What are we going to pay for that? We're going to pay much over a market multiple, but at the end of the day, well, if to, we're... Well, you are, though, now. Well, well, think about this, though, Scott. And you know this from us being on the show. When you come out of a recession, you come out of a bear market, multiples go up, period. Multiples go up. And we're still going to be a higher multiple on Microsoft, but that stability of earnings, I'm willing to pay for that. I'm willing to maintain that. I'm not saying overweight the stock. I'm saying maintain positions. No, but I want to move away from, okay, so I, I get it, right? You're defending their Microsoft. That, that's fine. But are you defending your view that we're in the early stages of a, did they, did they confirm that to you? That are we in the early stages of a bull market? Or did they throw cold water on the idea that we're going to have a soft landing. First of all, has he ever Hold admitted on, to I being in a bear market? Pardon me? Have you ever admitted to being in a bear sure, market? Sure, in a bear market last year. We talked about okay. that, Steve. We yeah. talked about that. We, we were right here and we touched arms. And serious we said, question. Yeah, that's a serious question. So the serious question is this. I mean, because just last, just, it was just on Friday. Yeah, we published the piece on but Friday. We piece believe, that we're in the early okay, stages so of the next bull market. We believe that we've been in a big secular bull market for uh, since 2009. And we think that we're the start of a new cyclical bull market started. And we believe that the lows are in place. We believe that when the market has some volatility, which we believe it will mm -hmm. in February, March, that we're going to make a higher low for all of you technicians out there. The low is in place. We're, we're putting our line in the sand. Now, we believe in new big bull markets. The prior leadership is rarely uh, th the new leadership. And so we think the new leadership is going to be value, GARP, small cap, mid cap, not big cap tech. Because Jenny, J.P. Morgan today says Microsoft's results and macro commentary may provide a setback for hopes of an economic soft landing. You agree with that? Not necessarily. And the reason being, I don't have all of my hopes and dreams set on Microsoft to bail us out. This is where for years I've been saying, look, you know, there's another 490 companies out there. And, you know, in my portfolio, we don't even own it. I understand right? that. But some companies matter more than others. Like when Labenthal comes on yesterday and says that Microsoft doesn't matter <laughs> to, the, to the market. Okay, maybe I mean, you, it matters to the market, but then what are we talking about a soft landing? Are we talking about the market or are we talking about GDP? Well, who are because you looking at? What, what companies linked. are you looking to, to, to bail us out? Tell you, not bail us out, but just to confirm that it's either likely a soft landing or not. This, this, you look at this and suggest that this doesn't matter? There are no, other companies that matter not. more? It matters, but you know, it's not that bad either. Right. And so my beef here isn't with Microsoft. It's not with the results. It's with the valuation. And so I look at this report and I'm like, you know what? That's not so bad. It's kind of fine. I would say that from a company, from a corporate perspective, maybe it would argue for a soft landing. So do you believe one thing, though, on, on the guidance going forward? Do you think Microsoft's gaming it like everybody else right now? We've returned to this, this process, as they like to say in Canada, of under-promise and over-deliver. In 2020, 2021, we're saying, here's my growth. I'm still alive, da-da-da-da-da. But are we going back to the premise of under-promise, over-deliver? The bank started it. So why aren't, they, why, aren't we, why aren't we looking at well, it that way? But, I think that they say, didn't over-deliver. No, going forward, that's why Joe's going to end up being right at the end of the year. Promising, like, is overpromising going to get us from 
I know on your estimate. Under promise, over deliver. Okay, fine. But what's under promise? Whatever. What is it? Like, does that mean that we're going to be at 230 on earnings, where we're setting up to be at 200? I don't know. It's still a tight range. But I think one of the struggles that I have in talking to my clients and thinking about this on my own is the divergence between what's happening at the company level and what's happening at the stock and market level. Because at the stock and market level, we are still overvalued, and that's why you can get an AT&T, which I know we'll get to later. But that's why you get an AT&T, which you know what? Like. That's also just a eh quarter, but the stock's doing amazing. Why? Because it's trading at eight times earnings. Okay, we were going to do that later, so let's not. Let's, really. Technology's okay, in a recession. That, that's, that, that is so obvious, and we're trying to figure out, you know, this whole concept of soft landing, I don't buy into any of it. There is an absolute hard landing, to your point, that happened in risk assets. Technology's in the middle of a recession. People are losing their jobs. You're seeing it in the financial services industry as well right now. So I think you have to go industry by industry. And you can't just look at the unemployment rate and say, okay, we're going to have a soft landing. There's a ton of stimulus money that's still out there in the economy. You argued yesterday afternoon that the market is in a better place. Of course we are. And that tech is in a better place. When When you're in purgatory which is where the market is right now. I know it's boring to say this. I've been saying it for one year. This is a time correction. Like 15% off of the low. Let me finish my thought. Okay, this is a time correction. This is a U-shaped correction. We're in the same place for the S&P today that we were in in May. We're marking time. The best thing that has happened and why we're in a better place than six months ago is the progression of time. Time is the solution for all of this. I I agree with one point, Joe, May. uh, Only one? Well, more than one. Uh, you know. Go ahead. Sparing. Look, I'm really tired of dialogue. Are we going to have a soft landing or are we going to have a hard landing? Being the pensive, chill guy that I am, I focus wow. on the journey. And right now, the journey continues to yep. be lower. The trend is lower. So don't worry about where we wind up because along that way, the soft landing, you could see those earnings come down to 200 and you could see the momentum continue below 200, right, as the idea. And what multiple do you put on that? To your point of Microsoft. So that's why I think the market is the trend still lower, though? Sorry? Is the trend still Absolutely. lower? We're seeing it in all, I'm not sure, pick Steve. The I think companies. it's sideways. Pick the companies that have the most cyclical exposure, also. right? So pick the railroads. Pick Microsoft. Your choice. Pick the banks talking about credit card. You know, the NPLs, they've got to raise the reserve for them. Well, so, yes. Are we going to soft landing or a, or a recession? When we get January retail sales numbers What's in three weeks from now, which mm-hmm. I expect January retail sales to blow out, the last two years, the best two month, two of the best three month of month retail sales numbers have come in January on the heels of poor November and December that everybody got really, really negative about. And I expect the same. Let me, we'll let me ask a question on, on retail sales and the other numbers we've seen. How much of that is because inflation has driven prices up versus demand moving up? And if that's the case, with inflation coming down to its peak, it'll come down slower than I think everybody's looking for, you can see those retail sales come down, number one. Number two, in terms of January retail sales, how much is that because we had a poor Christmas season where you're seeing those sales go on from, from sales going on? So you can't look at one data point. Well, let me look These at this. Blowouts. Blowouts. Let me look at this. Every January. So we can sit here and debate Microsoft at this valuation or that valuation. It's importance to the market. It's importance to tech. Yep. Kramer this morning of Enterprise Software says it's probably the worst place to be in this market. The worst. The growth is over. It is over. Now, you look at a lot of these cloud stocks on the back of, of Microsoft uh, are all down. Maybe they're not down as much as they were earlier, but they're all down. Belsky, how does this make you feel about, you know, that area of, of the market? Cloud, software, enterprise? We have significantly uh, changed our technology positions really since May, June last year and kind of got more into the GARP slash value tech. So we're not there. The only 
The only stock that we own on that list that was put up there was Amazon, which is not it was not a technology company. It's a consumer discretionary company. Uh, no, but the, 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 I'm going to just stop you there for a second because the the highest growth part of that company is, the, is, is the a tech cloud. company, which is the no, cloud. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, we manage money versus the index and versus the sector. So, and we've been underweight Amazon relative to, to the sector. So, of course, when you have feast, famine, we've had through this cycle again. So now we're going to go into a fundamental consolidation standpoint. And oh, by the way, there's a, probably a really good chance, Scott, that we're going to see consolidation in that space, especially given the kind of cash flow that the majority of the big big cap tech companies have. When you talk about the kind of tech companies that you have exposure to in that space, what are you talking about, IBM? No, um, in, in that space, cloud, basically, well, still cloud, Microsoft, Enterprise. Microsoft, Amazon, and the only other software company that we own is, is Salesforce. We sold, we sold Adobe, sold all, mostly their so, uh, feel, software How do you companies. feel about Salesforce today? Well, well Salesforce you know, has its fundamental issues as well, but Salesforce is not going away. And so, again, we're underweight. We're underweight tech across uh, mo the majority of our portfolios. Our biggest possession is tech, in tech is Apple. It brings me, Jenny, to, to IBM, which is in overtime tonight. Right. And, and this goes back to my whole point. So IBM, first of all, isn't entirely enterprise software. There's a broader business. But when you have Red Hat growing at, I don't know, 18, 20 percent, and you have a 14 times multiple, you know, you can actually have room for upside. So they might, they could report a quarter that's roughly equivalent to that of Microsoft, but it's received differently by the share price because you went in with a different valuation. And that's why I think we have this like breakdown as we're talking about recession, soft landing, this and that, versus the stock market and versus the stocks that we're talking about. Um, they're just not the same. IBM was one of the best performers last year, yeah. right? It, it may have been the best performing tech stock of, of the year. Right. Is that justified now? Yeah, it's still only trading at 14 times earnings. But it's also more of a value stock, and it value pays tech. a dividend, too. And they've well, been see, that's why when you said dividend. value tech, yep. you said value tech, and then I asked you the kinds of stocks you own, well, and you said Amazon. Instruments, Qualcomm. No, I mean, I, I thought we were talking about cloud. If we're talking about value tech, I own Texas Instruments, Qualcomm, Broadcom, some of those names. We own a little bit of IBM in our dividend growth portfolio because of what's been doing from, ca from a cash flow perspective. Texas Instruments, did, did that make you feel great about the cloud? Again, this is a value stock that pays a big dividend with great cash flow. I'm not going to worry about a quarter-by-quarter quarter situation with, with Texas Instruments. It's still the name from, from a stability standpoint in that we semis. want to own I, in yeah. the semis. Can I just, like, air one of my beefs with this, too, though? Which is, Brian, you said, like, we own a little bit. But earlier you said it's going to be new leadership. And so if we're talking about this market, and we're talking about we need to be in line with the index, but she's we're all trying to eat it. And, Here we names. go. She's, I know, she's actually I know, writing sorry. stuff down. Notes and names. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is a problem that I have. Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, you have to own Microsoft. Oh, you have to own Apple. Steve made a very strong point before. Guess what, guys? You do not have to own these. And if you believe what Brian said, that there's new leadership, then you know what? Don't own a little IBM. Own a little or no Microsoft or Apple. And own a proper size position in IBM. So what's a proper size? Then. For me, for my yeah. portfolio, it's yeah. 3%. But I manage a dividend income portfolio that's 35-ish stocks across the board, yep. generating a 5% yield. So that's it to me. But if you own, you know, half a percent of this and half a percent of no, that, no, 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 then yeah. you know what? Just own the spiders. Yeah, if Just you're going to own 35 stocks, you're 3% yeah, uh, uh, is 5% is yeah. a big position. I reviewed a new client portfolio the other, the other day. It had 108 positions in that. Why would anyone own 108 Diversity is the enemy and pay a manager? Uh, diversification is the enemy of performance. So right. let's talk about some moves here before we take a, our first break. Baruch, uh, you bought Q puts. Yes. Right? Yesterday. Yes. So you're prepared for tech broadly to go back lower. You think it's a head fake what started this year? I'm nimble. So I, I'm, 
you talked about low turnover, high turnover portfolios. I, I am active, you know. So I, last week I trimmed 25% of our Apple, 10% of our Microsoft, and 10% of Nvidia. We're very overweight Nvidia right now. We own a lot of Micron. I'm buying Q puts to get through this next week and a half. I know Micron doesn't report, but the big names do report. Well, so so you're expecting yes. disappointments yes. and sell-off. That's yes. what I'm just trying to get you to. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm preparing for it. I mean, <laughs> to some degree, I, I don't want to see those puts go worthless. I'll manage it, but I hope they lose their money and this market can, can blast off. Why is your but, short but the Qs, too, as, as, as of this morning? Again. Well, as of last night and then more this morning, yeah. Uh, I did a Microsoft print. I, I, I couldn't believe, looking at the initial release before the guidance, that the stock was up 10 bucks. So what's going on? Or 11 bucks. So, uh, so I shorted the queues. And uh, yeah, it's for the next week and a half or so. I think the rally was too much. It's a bear market rally. So, uh, so I played it. I owned Snowflake. I was short Snowflake. Then owned Snowflake. I have no position in it now. Uh, I do for the beta. Nothing against the product of the company. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you'll see the market reset lower. Okay. You're going to stick for the next segment? Absolutely. Knives out, oh, part three. Oh, this is good. Oh, good. <laughs> we're move next All right. I mean. Coming up, we're gearing up for Tesla in overtime. That stock rallied big time from its recent low. It's still down almost 40% from its latest earnings report. What's at stake for that stock? We discuss next. We're back on half and two. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Visit odfl.com to learn more. B2B selling is tougher than ever, and we feel your pain. If you're struggling to close deals, consider giving LinkedIn Sales Navigator a shot. This sales intelligence platform helps professionals like you engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator also guides you in targeting the right buyers, highlights key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and uncovers hidden hot prospects so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash halftime report. That is linkedin.com slash halftime report for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash halftime report and get started. All right, we're back on the halftime report. There's Tesla. We show it because they report in overtime tonight. The stock's rebounded big time. It's up 16% year to date uh, already. All right, Joe T. It's still in the Joe T. At least as this as of this conversation. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. But I, I ask you this question, okay? Sure. Not on your own personal ownership through the Joe T, but the importance of that report to the types of stocks that have rallied a lot since the start of the year. Higher beta tech, ARC, the kinds of names that got absolutely destroyed last year that have led the way in some respects so far. I think the the problem and and the answer resides in if you believe that strategy is going to make that V-shaped recovery, which is what you're suggesting. And first of all, let me be clear. No, I'm not even suggesting that. I'm just simply saying those stocks have had a nice bounce at the beginning of the year. So 
Some are trying to believe in it. Others are saying it's a totally ridiculous head fake. So for you to believe in it, you have to believe that the Federal Reserve doesn't really have the market in a box. And the Federal Reserve does have the market in a box. Your conversation yesterday with Mike Santoli at the end of overtime was an excellent one. And the point of that is if you think about the upside potential for the market, you then agitate the Federal Reserve. What if the market has the Fed in the box rather than the way you see it? Well, the bond market, the bond market is telling the Federal Reserve that there is an economic contraction that is already unfolding. That's the, that's a separate conversation. But in terms of the way stocks are pricing, okay, too hot of a stock market agitates the Federal Reserve. And I think the Federal Reserve at that point incites incites, agitates, whatever word you want to use. I, I think, think the Federal Reserve last time I did it, it, it. The Federal Reserve at that point steps in communication tools. Maybe they stay a little bit longer than the market is ultimately comfortable with on the downside on the downside. OK, I think the fact that there is this economic contraction that's unfolding. I think the fact that you're seeing the initial stages of this potential earnings contraction now as well, concurrent with the valuation contraction, I think the Federal Reserve has the tendency to step back. So to me, that's where the purgatory lies. And now it becomes, okay, how do you invest in that strategy? And without question, I don't think it goes to what Jim Cramer's saying, software, emerging software. I I don't want to be in those places because I just don't think that's the proper environment. I want to get paid to wait. Weiss, what about Tesla? Uh, They've done a ton of price cuts, margins you've got to worry about, deliveries, Twitter. It's all played into the stock story. Just quickly as a point in the Fed, Brainerd may very well be appointed as the head of the White House Economic Council. She's very dovish. If she comes off the the FRB, then then there's real no major dovish voice there. So that could be damned. Now they'll replace her with a dove. Can we go back to Tesla? So Tesla. Can you digress before you start? I'm not a fan. I think it's a capital-intensive company in a capital-intensive business. So I don't want to be there. Jonas comes out with his top pick and says, basically, they've got a lower cost of manufacturing, more efficient, uh, which is all true. But you also have Manchin on the other side saying, hey, I want to delay the, uh, you know, credits for EVs, which could be very damaging because they are more expensive. So I'd rather not own them. It clearly has gotten what everybody's been talking about, and I was early on too, is competition, competition, competition. Now you've got Tesla, which, which are very old models, a decade old. You've got much more beautiful cars coming out there. True, the range in some of it is not as good. In others, it's much superior. And I just don't think that EVs are going to gain the main traction they have. It's a very low base. So now, yes, but not going forward. I'm just collecting myself. You don't own it, right? No, I never have, never will. I, I, I agree with Steve. Uh, we play the theme of EV in bits and pieces. The bits and pieces are Freeport, MacMurrin, and NVIDIA because that's what's going to win an EV. And, and by the way, we added GM to our value portfolio in December because of the new leadership change with respect to more value. If there's a leadership change uh, from growth to value, why do you still own NVIDIA? Because you, because you want to match up a growth stock with a value stock in your technology holdings. Now, I go back in market history and you take a look at, you I don't believe ex- that. You didn't, you didn't expect that one, did you? I love it. <laughs> um, just, because, just because you uh, are favoring value or you're favoring small mid cap doesn't mean you're not going to own growth or you're not going to own large cap. You can own some of it. You're just not going to overweight it. That's number one. Number two, in terms of the bear market rally, I'm, so, I'm, I'm bored with it. Because if you go back and look at all these recoveries from, 
from bear market lows. It's always the prior cycle stuff that leads first. It's always the low quality stuff. And then you start to see new, new leadership. The same thing happened in 2009, and everybody doubted it. It was the most hated bull market in history. And the same thing's beginning to develop again. That's why we feel strongly about the recovery. Think, let me ask you, though, do you think that the 40-plus percent move in an NVIDIA over the last few months, right, this re- incredible rally off of the low. Do, do you think that's legit? Do you think that those stocks like that, higher valuation ones, we just showed the, the valuation of it, the multiple? Um, NVIDIA is not Tesla, okay? NVIDIA is not some of those other cloud. NVIDIA is, from a semiconductor perspective, I match up my value semi, which is tech, t- Texas Instruments, with the same amount that I own in NVIDIA to wash each other out because I want to be more Garpy in totality. And yeah, these stocks were obviously cratered last year. We know that. And, and, and Tesla was part of the consumer discretionary sector, which is down 40% uh, on a weighted basis, but 25% unweighted. What's really interesting, what people are missing, is that the unweighted consumer discretionary sector is up 10%. And the, and the weighted is up, up of only nine. So it's not just Amazon and Tesla coming back. We're seeing broader participation. I think that's what people are missing. Okay. Last point, Jenny. Okay. It's another beef that I want to air. But Steve made a very good point on Tesla, okay. which is that it is capital intensive. How many more you got? Oh, like good thousands. Point, thousands. <laughs> but but it's capital intensive. Eight. Eight? Eight more beefs? You know right, why it's capital? Well, I mean, today I'll keep it to two. I'll try. All right. But it's capital intensive because it's a car manufacturing company. And everyone's made this huge excuse for the past couple of years or the past decade. Oh, it's a technology company. You know what else was a technology company? Lemonade that sold insurance. We can go on and on. But we need to value this like a like a car company. It's still trading at 35 times. I'm not saying it deserves Well, GMs I mean, that's your opinion. Multiple. That's your opinion. It's kind of the truth. You know, what do they do? The they fact. make cars. They make batteries. Like, that's a great business, but ultimately, it's a high capital intensive manufacturing business. It doesn't deserve that kind of With multiple. terrible and governance. And guess what we learned from the banks? No governance, and their auto, earnings are slowing dramatically. So auto loan origination was down 50%. Multiple. Good point. A single digit multiple makes sense to you? Not 30 Probably Getting not. there, I think that Probably direction not. is. Look, I'm still waiting for the solar panels that he bought, right, from Solar City to appear on, on Tesla. You know, he bailed out his brother. He bailed out his bond investments. There's no governance here. That should be the first reason you don't own this company. And the fact technology company, et cetera, et cetera, that's a load of crap. To justify a high multiple, it should not be there. Okay. That's the last word. Belsky, thanks. Thanks. Good to have you. Thanks that's to be Brian here. Belsky, BMO. All right. Coming up, check out this mystery chart. The stock is surging today on the back of its earnings beat. It's up 30% since its last earnings report. Pays a nice dividend, too. We reveal it, we trade it, it's our chart of the day, and it is next. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. 
Welcome back to The Half. Here's our CNBC News update at this hour. I'm Bertha Coombs, by the way. The FBI and attorneys with the U.S. Justice Department are examining Snapchat's role in fentanyl poisoning cases where the sales were allegedly arranged via Snapchat, according to a Bloomberg report citing people familiar with the matter. It comes as part of a broader probe into the rise of deadly counterfeit drugs in the U.S. A Virginia teacher who was shot by a six-year-old student during class will sue the school district. The teacher's attorney announced that today. Diane Toscano, a lawyer for Abigail Swerner, said Wednesday that on the day of the shooting, concerned teachers and employees had warned administrators three times that the boy had a gun on him and that he was threatening other students. But they say the administration failed to act. And an emotional moment at a court in Hawaii after a man convicted of a 1991 murder was freed thanks to new DNA evidence. Albert Ian Schweitzer spent decades behind bars following a conviction in the murder of Dana Ireland, a tourist. Schweitzer was found guilty in 2000 and was serving a 130-year prison sentence after being released by the judge. He immediately hugged his family. One of three men in that case who has been exonerated by DNA. Scott. All right, Bertha, thank you. Bertha Coombs. Let's get to our chart of the day now. It is AT&T. The shares are higher today in a down market after their earnings beat. One of the best performing stocks in the S&P. It's been pretty much around 6% winner today. Jenny Harrington, who owns it, <laughs> as if you didn't know that because she already mentioned it earlier. I but know, sorry. We'll cut you a break on that. Thank you. I was really and excited, you're excited about, about it. it. That's fair. <laughs> Down market, you got to, you know, get the green where you can get yeah. it. But it's interesting. You know, why is it up? It's up because they added 650,000 net subs. Churn was a little bit less bad than they expected. They put out earnings guidance of $2.40 a share for next year, this year, which would put it at about eight times earnings. It's got a 5.5% yield. But you know what? That means earnings basically haven't grown for years. And this, again, is my case in point. It's not about some wonderful earnings report. It's not about a company that's growing and is unique. It's about the shares having been dramatically oversold and underappreciated for the last several years, bringing it to a valuation that was illogical for the fact that they produce a lot of cash. And to all your guys' points, it's consistent, it's visible, and that's what this market wants. It's a good place to hide out if you have to own totally. stocks in, the, uh, in this kind of market. What I took from what Stanky's interview was on CNBC, which is great, were two points. One for AT&T, which is that he said consumers buying new phones are starting to slow, which means that their subsidies, which are massive to buy these phones, will decline and that'll go into earnings. The second part I point took out of that was that's negative for Apple, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and I've been saying this for a while, that the upgrade cycles are taking longer. People are holding their phones longer. So, so I think that's a negative. But, yeah, I think it was congrats. I thought it was a good report. What, what stands out to me is the volatility in the earnings. In July, had a big drop after earnings, trended down into the fall. October 20th, they report earnings. Mm -hmm. Big move higher, trends higher once again. So um, that, that volatility is somewhat puzzling. But I think the response thereafter would suggest that you're going to see the similar type of follow-through that you had in October. But you know what's interesting about the volatility, and you're talking about almost in the share price? This is something that you and I have talked about for the last two and a half months, which is tax loss selling. What I saw, in my portfolio at least, was companies that had 
large losses last year got pummeled in the last few months of the year because people were harvesting them as losses, adding to the selling pressure. So what you saw this year is as soon as you got closer to the end of December, really that share price started moving up without specific news from the company. One other thing just on this report that was bigger and broader, if we look at Verizon yesterday too, what we're seeing is the 5G rollout is coming to an end. And so you are seeing at the back of these telecom companies, their CapEx is diminishing. But not the, does- not the revenues off 5G. No. They'll, they'll keep progressing, right. yes. but the infrastructure is, costs have come to an end. Yeah, and it supports massive free cash flow yeah, generation yeah. in the coming yeah, years. We own, we own T-Mobile, and their free cash flow yield is going to go from 9, 9% to 16% in 2023 because they're not investing in 5G right now anymore. Mm-hmm. Have, well, they were early. Yeah. And it's a phenomenally well-run company. Yes, yes. All right, coming up, a slew of big names are still yet to report in the coming days. We'll get you set up when we come back. All right, a number of earnings today after the bell. Teradyne, CSX, SL Green, or this week. We start with Teradyne. Uh, Jenny, you own that. Talk to us about it. Right. So the, remember maybe a month and a half, two ago, when we sold our AMAT, and I said, look, you cannot paint all semi-related companies with the same brush. So what we saw in Teradyne is Teradyne is a testing company. So they actually make money not on volumes but on complexity of chips. So as 3NAN rolls out this year and into next year, they're – their services, their, their use is so important to test these chips. So we really were owning this for significant growth that comes at the end of 23 and into 24. I think that's very much on track. We don't care that much about the numbers this quarter. We care about guidance. You care about the number that it's up 27% in three months? I love months? that. Makes me so happy. But, I mean, you know where I'm going with that. Which is that it's up too much? Well, it's up a lot. Ah, like, a lot of these chips okay, are up a lot going. lately. They are. It's one of the biggest question marks in the market right now. Okay, so here you go. So it's still trading at about 19 times. It'll go from, I think, about $4 of earnings in 23 to about $5 and change of earnings in 24. So I actually have significant earnings growth to support that market multiple that it's trading at. Plus, it has a 4% free cash flow yield in 23 going to a 6% free cash flow yield in 24. So I have all these things that support the valuation here. I think part of why it's up so much now it's just because it got oversold along with the whole semi-index. Joey, CSX is in the Joe T. Mm-hmm. Union yes. Pacific wasn't really great. Is that, what do you think about CSX? Norfolk Southern, Canadian National, both were not good as well. Uh, maybe the best thing for CSX is that they come, their earnings report thereafter, and a lot of the low expectations have marked oh, it's already into in. the share price. Uh, well, potentially okay. that's what you hope for. But I will tell you that um, when you mine through what you've heard so far from Union Pacific. First of all, they talked about the effect of weather, but I think it's more than that. Volumes are beginning to decline. Now, the rails have pricing power, that's clear, but they still have labor issues. And when volumes begin to decline, in particular for goods, stuff, right? Right now, consumers want services, not so much stuff. That portrays moving forward a, a very difficult environment for the rails. And now you're also seeing a housing market that is struggling and therefore the transportation of lumber is going to be less as well. So it's a tough environment right now for the rails. Okay. SL Green, Jenny, commercial (laughs) real estate, serious question. Oh, yeah. No. And I don't know if you remember, but this was my grade, my trade last week where I gave myself an F minus. But so here's where we stand with SL Green now. It is in the dumps. They own Class A office space in New York City. They still have 92% occupancy. It's still trading nearly at a nearly 9% dividend yield. And I think what we're going to hear from the earnings call is that occupancy is stable, that their types of offices, this A+, 
are continuing to have long-term leases, well-supported by really high-quality tenants, and this is a company that's really oversold. So I'm sticking with it. Um, you know, I know you don't need to make it up the way you lost it, but I think there's a lot of upside potential in SL Green. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Santoli joining us next with his Midday Word. And we're getting ready to grade your trade, as always. You can email us still. Ask Halftime at CNBC.com. Tweet us. Use the hashtag. Grade my trade. We're right back. All right. We're back. Senior markets commentator Mike Santoli joining us now. From the New York Stock Exchange for his midday word, I, I mean, I feel like the market has absorbed this Microsoft. I don't even know if it's a body blow. I mean, it's you know, OK. It took a little jab in the face. Yeah, I would say it's pretty contained. Um, you know, certainly it was the exact moment and spot on the chart where you might have expected a little bit of a test. We're getting it from Microsoft. What I find interesting is, yes, the, the storyline of macro pressures finally reaching, uh, you know, the juggernaut that is Microsoft. That's all valid pressure on corporate tech spending, all the rest of it, that's working its way through the numbers. But none of it is entirely a surprise to the market. I'll look elsewhere in terms of earnings reactions. How about Capital One today? I'm not sure if you guys have hit it. Up 7% after missing earnings, higher than expected credit reserve build, the street saying, ah, you know, lowering price targets, and the stock's up 20% this month. And that joins Ally Financial and Discover Financial, all of them up pretty big so far this year. Now, it just to me says that the, the macro and the consumer in particular is just not falling apart on time to match up with the macro bear case. It might very well just be a matter of time and it's going to erode from here. But I find that's the moment we're at in the market where it, it feels as if there's this window when growth seems OK and we're looking ahead to a potential Fed pause. And it seems like you've had relief on both sides of the, the kind of worried trade. Yeah. Um, all right, Michael, I'll see you in a few hours. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Grade My Trade is up next. Send an email to askhalftime at cnbc.com or tweet us. We'll be right back. Grade My Trade time. All right, let's do it. Joe, you're up first. Matt at the Jersey Shore says, I got back into Merck at $111.57, $111.57. Hit a record high of $115, picked it up on a down day, realized it's a slow-moving stock. But with medical breakthroughs, you have to believe it will get back to 110 and run from there. I'm also in the March 17, 120 options. What, what about this trade? Well, first of all, reports earnings on February 2nd. I'm not sure why Matt is in the 120 options. Sorry, Matt, I don't like that. You own the stock. The stock is enough. You don't need the options. Do I believe this is the type of company and environment that you want to own in 2023? Without question, the genesis for the advance that you have witnessed for the stock began in late 2021. And I think there is a multi-year carry forward. Jenny, you're up. Bill in uh, Nakusa, Wisconsin. Uh, Ally Financial. Might be too early to grade yet. I bought it on the 23rd. Okay. So that was two days ago. Uh, $31.43. It's selling at only 5.25 times earnings. Has a fine earnings growth rate of 27.9%. Grade the trade. Well, you've made a little bit of money, so I'll give you a good grade on that. Maybe you get like a B plus, A minus. But I think you need to be careful here. They announced really, really good earnings where they beat on numbers, and they're only trading at four and a half times earnings. 
but they said credit quality is deteriorating and they do a lot of auto loans. So the reason I was looking at it was as a proxy for Ford actually, which I'm looking at. And I read Ally and I decided to hold off longer on Ford and wait and see what these auto loans come out looking like after another couple quarters. So be really careful with this. You nope. know, keep that, keep that B plus A minus in your pocket. Okay, all right. Uh, Bill, Allen in Idaho own Micron at an average price of 44.88, looking to hold two plus years. What are your thoughts? You own it. Yeah, you've, uh, it's one of my top picks, I'll first say. You've probably kind of gone through this last couple of years of volatility. I like sticking with it. You talk, we talked about lowering the bar. Micron has lowered the bar. Their trailing 12 months is, is like 11th multiple. Forward's negative 100. And when the CEO had the conference call back at the earnings at the end of December, he said he hopes their peers lower all the earnings, too. The next day, Micron was only down 3% after missing earnings and revenue, but it was the peers that were all down. Lamb, NVIDIA were all down 5 to 7%. I think there's a tone set, a lot of support down here. I, li- I really like it. Okay. Uh, Weiss, your last. Frank in Long Island uh, bought GXO 300 shares, okay? $54.33. What's going on with the stock? Well, the, the stock's also a market stock. They had their, their investor day a couple weeks ago, went through their five-year plan. The growth is significant. Um, I like it. It's going to be volatile because a lot of people don't understand it. It's not particularly well-filed in the street. But what you have to know this is that their client base is blue chip. For example, with one of their largest customers, which is a big brain na- brain, brand name, they were able to show them by using their fulfillment services, they could create an additional 100 basis points in their earnings. So those contracts are five to 15 years. I love it. I think it's got low, var- low variability on their earnings. So I'm staying there, but I can't tell you it's not going to go back to 45. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for the trades. And keep them coming, by the way. Ask Halftime at CNBC.com. You can tweet us as well. We're back with finals next. Are you following the Halftime Report podcast? What are you waiting for? Look for us in your favorite podcasting app. Follow the Halftime Podcast now. Oh, we got a big overtime. Four o'clock Eastern, Tesla, IBM, ServiceNow, LVS. All important earnings. Eric Jackson will join me. And so will Wick Grosbeck. He's the Boston Celtics owner. He is the founder the co-founder of the tequila brand Sincoro. He's got a sitcom, plays in a band, and oh, by the way, he's the co-founder of Causeway, the investment firm as well. SeatGeek is one of their investments. We're gonna talk to him about the investing landscape as well. I hope you will join me a few hours from now and over time. All right, one more stock before we get to final trades. Freeport McMoran, Joey, you own it. Earnings, there's the stock, up near 2.5%. They beat, revs beat. Proxy on copper. Right. Basically, that's what it is. I'm going to be candid. I'll let Jenny handle the earnings. It's nothing more to me than a copper ETF. I bought it in October because I thought the dollar had peaked, which, mm-hmm. in fact, it did, and because copper was going to break out, and which, China in fact, reopened. it did. And China reopened. So I'm staying long Freeport McMoran. I'm, I'm long in the mid-30s, staying long. Weiss. Freeport. Yeah, I mean, look. You, you own it? Didn't you no, own it I don't recently? own it. I keep waiting for it to pull back. I was hoping it was going to pull back in earnings. I own it indirectly through my position in Joe T, which I'm glad about. But uh, I'd li- it's not going to come down. Momentum's too strong. Mm-hmm. So, and if it does come down, I'm not going to want to buy it then. So I just missed it. What do you think? So as Joe said, it's, a pro- it's not even a proxy on copper. It's if you believe that copper is critical to our future, right, which we all do, yep. this is really the only way to play it. For me, it's a bummer. I don't have a dividend. It doesn't have a dividend yield, so I can't put it in that portfolio. It's in our, in our growth portfolio. But you've got an 11% free cash flow yield. Mm. Yeah, it's trading at 19 times. Okay. But with that much free cash flow, it supports the multiple. 
All right, let's do final trades. Uh, Jenny, why don't you start us off? Okay, here. I'm gonna give you my newest, my latest buy, which is Advanced Auto Parts. It's basically where I bought it a few weeks ago. It's trading with a 4.1% dividend yield, 11 times earnings. Really nice stock to hide out in for the year. All right, Bill. Mass Tech, MTZ, diversified revenue streams. We're talking about communications today with AT&T. Sticky contracts, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. Family still owns 23% of the, of the company. Uh, diversified into clean energy as well as renewables. Weiss, what do you got? I'm short the XLI again. Uh, Industrials? Yes, the industrial ETF, which Raytheon's the top holding there. It's got Boeing, it's got all these others. But I like that as a hedge and an outright play. All right. Joe T. Happy to be a Bank of America shareholder given what they did today, giving restricted stock to, to employees making less than 500000 While everyone else is firing employees, they want to retain their talent. All right, good stuff. I'll see you in overtime. The exchanges now. You've been listening to CNBC's Halftime Report, the podcast. You can always catch us live weekdays at 12 Eastern, only on CNBC. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.